match, man. You know the fuck that nigga. Play on me, man. <laughs> Fuck it, let's get it. Yes, sir. What's poppin' with y'all? And welcome back to another motherfucker episode of the Thin Line Between Jeans and Insanity Podcast. I am the flies, highest, coolest, smoothest host of them all. Oh, gee, hatch me. You know what the fuck it is, man. What's up with the people <laughs> all around the world? All my friends. <laughs> What's up with y'all, man? How the fuck y'all doing? Hope y'all are looking good, feeling good, staying safe. It's a whole lot of shit going on. I'm tricking me. I tell you shit each and every motherfucking week. Hope y'all are looking good, feeling good, staying motherfucking safe. This is episode 91. We on the grind of 100. The shit do not stop for a motherfucking soul. <laughs> we getting closer and closer, man, to that goal of 100 episodes, man. Now, I know last week... <laughs> I know last week's episode, I kind of got my, my head beat in about this whole goal to 100 shit with Lauren Denise when she came on the podcast. I do want to say shout out to her, man, once again for coming to the podcast, man. The Queen of Grief stopped by and talked to all the friends of the motherfucking show, gave us some dope free game about the many different layers of grief. It was kind of a different episode, I'm not going to lie to you. It was, a, it was a much different episode from everything else that I've, that I've come, that I've, you know, put out over these 91 motherfucking weeks. I feel like last week's episode was a lot more um, professional. And also, it tackled a, a much more serious, uh, a much more serious topic. You know what I'm saying? And, and it wasn't too much joking around going. It was just more so of a, a, a free game, not only for myself but everybody was tapped into that. So I do want to say I appreciate everybody who tapped in and joined last week's conversation, man. The Queen of Grief episode 90 featuring Lauren Denise was one of my favorite episodes by far because it helped me in my own personal life and going through the shit that I was going through. So I want to make sure I put that pot, that uh, that conversation on wax for you guys. So you guys can hear it as well and try to get some free game from that as well. Uh, but we're getting close, man. We're getting close to 100 motherfucking episodes, bro. I, I honestly didn't think I would make it. <laughs> I didn't think I would motherfucking make it, man. So you know I got to do something kind of big for you guys on episode 100. got to be some new changes made to the podcast. We got to switch the platform once a motherfucking game. But once we get there, you know, as we get closer and closer throughout these next couple weeks, I will be making sure that, you know, so I let you guys know what the fuck is going on with this platform and the changes come real motherfucking soon. Um, it's a whole lot showing the motherfucking document. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I did record last Wednesday. I know I, uh, we start this whole live stream thing every motherfucking Wednesday. We record these episodes. Last week's episode was recorded on uh, a Saturday, so we didn't have our typical, you know what I'm saying, Wednesday live stream and shit like that, man. So I do want to apologize for not giving you guys a quick heads up with that shit because I just kind of took a fucking vacay. <laughs> I kind of just chilled the fuck out, hit the gym extra motherfucking hard. And we got to get into my little gym regimen as well, man. Why the fuck is that changing my fucking body super fucking crazy? <laughs> I put on like 40 pounds of muscle in like three months, but shit's kind of crazy. I'm on some Yannis shit. <laughs> I'm on some Yannis shit, man. Um, but it is a whole lot showing the motherfucking doc that we got to get into, man. Um, I don't want to hold your up too motherfucking long today, man. I know the playoffs going on here in Phoenix, brother AZ. Got the Suns and shit going against the Dallas Mavericks, man. The city is on fire right now. UFC is coming out here this weekend. You got Canelo fighting this weekend for fucking um, uh, Cinco de Mayo. Shit is lit. <laughs> shit is motherfucking lit right now in the sports world, especially out here in Phoenix, bro. You know the mess is going crazy, bro. Um, it's last show on the motherfucking document. We got to get into this victim bullying real. 
You know what I'm saying? Joe Budden kind of sort of defended Chad Ochocinco, so we got to get into that. We got to get into Pinky versus the motherfucking world. I must stand up for Pinky. <laughs> Motherfuckers is on Pinky top right now. No point intended. <laughs> we got to get into that. Also, we got to get into this new segment I want to present on the podcast called On This Day in History. Uh, women do not want men with jobs anymore. I just found that out a few a few hours before I press record on this month for me uh, live stream. So we must get into that. And I got to give my opinion on what the fuck is really going on and just how hard it is to be a man. <laughs> to be a man. <laughs> I got to get into that. Also, I came across this post on, on social media for one, uh, for one of the female friends I grew up with. She, she posted about how men are scared to date women with baby daddies. I got to get into that. We got to get into Dave Chappelle getting tackled on stage. Mike Tyson putting hands on niggas on airplanes. And how far is too far? We must get to Pete Davidson once a motherfucking game, bro. At this very moment, I think this nigga really crossed the motherfucking line. <laughs> also, man, Ray J finally fucking speaks up. We got to get into that. Also, we got to get into this little court case that I came across that's really fucking scary. That's some nasty-ass, crazy, pedophile junior type shit. But we got to get into that. Also, we got an NBA playoffs recap for you guys coming for your fucking head tops. I got to give you my top, my, you know, my take on who's who, who's going to make it, you know what I'm saying, who I got faith in, all that good shit and how these games are going so far. But let's go ahead and get into it, man. I ain't going to hold y'all too much motherfucking longer, man. Um, let's start the podcast off this victim bullying shit. You know, I didn't think I was going to start the podcast off this, but I must get into it. You know, it, it's victim bullying real. You know, I came across this clip. It was uh, it was Joe Budden. Uh, well, it was actually not Joe Budden. It was Evelyn Lozada. And she was going back at Joe Budden because of some shit he said on this podcast. Now, I've came on her many times to let y'all know, bro, I do not watch those type of podcasts anymore. Just because once I started doing my own thing, I kind of started losing interest in what these other niggas were saying. The only podcast I truly listen to now it's sports podcasts, like the Draymond Green shit, sometimes all the smoke, um, some Deshaun Porter way, all these shit from different athletes. I'm really listening to their shit and giving me a different intake on, you know, on the sport itself and also a different point of view on how to address a lot of shit going forward in this little podcasting game and see the similarities and the differences between all these different aspects of podcasting. So I haven't been listening to Joe Budden shit. So I don't want to come on here and quote the nigga word for word, no, nothing like that. But I think I, I got enough from this clip to know he was out of bounds with this shit. And he was pretty much saying victim boy in his real house. Basically, he was defending Chad Johnson to a, to a, to a certain extent. Talking about Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, I should say, went through all these chains in life, rehabilitation with his new girl, all these new achievements he get. And every time he brought these things up, Evelyn Lozada would pop up or her name would be popped up and drag his name through the mud about the abuse scandals and shit like that. And it really just makes me think that Certain niggas just shouldn't have the 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 audacity to talk about certain shit. Now I'm I'm not finna get on here and talk about whether or not you know what I'm saying a nigga should voice his opinion about women voicing their opinions about the things they've been through when it comes to domestic abuse and things of that nature. But when you a nigga like Joe Bud, somebody like I said, I fuck with Joe Bud on the podcast level, even on a music level to a certain extent. The nigga had bars. But when you a nigga that got multiple accusations from multiple fucking women about abusing them, putting hands on them, verbally, mentally abusing them, you have no fucking right 
to talk to turn around and tell women they should basically shut the fuck up and dribble. <laughs> That's basically what the fuck that is. Because I don't give a fuck. I tell you, I mean, times on this podcast, it don't you you cannot pick and choose. You cannot pick and choose when people bring up your bullshit. The same way when you do great shit, people can bring that shit up at any point in time in life. I tell you all the time, people talking about the greatest scores in the NBA history, they bring up Kobe 81 points per game. You know what they also bring up about Kobe? The rape case. When Big Ben Roethlisberger won those championships, you know what they also bring up about Big Ben? His, his rape allegations, his, his sexual assault allegations. You can't pick and choose when people bring up your fuck-ups, bro. You can't. So it doesn't matter how many times you rehabilitize yourself. It doesn't matter how many times you give back to the charity or you passing out turkeys this time. Don't nobody give a fuck about that shit. Certain jackets you can't take off. So uh, there, I don't believe there's such thing as victim bullying. Once a, once a victim is a victim, they got the right to talk about that shit at any motherfucking point in time, bro. At any motherfucking time. Let me see this shit. Uh, let me bring this up. On the comments, how do you feel about the Roe versus Wade issue? Is that the whole abortion shit? I think that's the whole abortion shit, if I'm not mistaken. But please correct me if I'm wrong. That's the whole abortion shit, the pro-abortion shit. I don't... Uh... Eh... Look. <laughs> I'm not too... Okay, say yes. Comment says yes. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a whole bunch about the case. I really don't think I need to know a whole bunch about the case. I don't know which side stands for what, but I am all about a woman's body is a woman's body. I'm big on that. I don't feel like a man should be able to tell a woman how to control her body and no shit like that. So I don't want to come over here and mention I'm super intact, you know what I'm saying, with that whole case and nothing like that. But if it's about being pro-abortion, I feel a woman should do what the fuck she wants with her body. It's her body at the end of the day. She has to go through the trials and tribulations a motherfucking me, uh, you know, carrying that child. She has to go through the motherfucking trial tribulation of what that uh, carrying that child can do to her body, and also that shit's gonna change her life forever. So I think it's it's, it's really up to the woman at, at that point in time. To be completely honest with you, I don't want to get too sidetracked off with the motherfucking docket, but I do want to make sure I at least say that so people know where I stand. I know I may be ignorant to the whole to the case. I'm not too up to date on the shit. It's not in my realm because I I just don't believe in certain shit. Certain conversations don't even come up in my household. Because I look the shit's ignorant and fucking stupid. It's sad that women gotta go through that. That's that this is even a fucking um a topic of conversation. That this is even a fucking case, the Roe versus Ray issue. It sucks that this is even something that we gotta deal with in 2022. But I stand with women on their side and it's they body, they should do what the fuck they want with their body, and they make those decisions. Now at a certain point in time, we do gotta get into if you keep you choose that baby, and that man didn't want that baby, you can't put that nigga on child support. <laughs> At a certain point in time, we do got to get into that part of the conversation, but we can't get there unless we get past the whole pro-women thing. So I, I do understand that with that situation. Um, let me see. Let me go back. Uh, victim bullying. Okay. Back to victim bullying. <laughs> back to fucking victim bullying. I don't believe in that. I truly don't believe in it because you can't pick and choose when somebody gets over certain things. And you can't pick and choose when people forget that you're, you're fuck-ups. If you abuse women, my nigga, I don't give a fuck what the fuck you do in your lifetime to, to, to change it. You can become a better man. You can become a, a fucking... Uh, 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 you can be contributing to society in a major way. But anybody has the right to bring up that moment in time you were abusing somebody. And it can be a woman abusing a man. 
I don't believe that the victim can ever be classified as a bully because they have to speak up for themselves. You can't pick and choose when people get over certain things, and you can't pick and choose when people bring up your fuck ups and your and your success as well. So that's that's out of your hands. What you once you do certain shit, in my personal motherfucking opinion. So I don't believe victim bullying is a real motherfucking thing at all. And I want to make sure I come in his pockets and say that because people with these platforms, you know, what I mean, you got the Joe Buttons, you got the you got the Joe Rogans, you got all these people that have these these huge accusations against against them. And also, and then also, you know, Joe Rogan shit was more of a racism thing, and, and him saying a nigger and shit like that. When you have these certain people having these certain platforms, it's easy for them to try to manipulate the narrative. It's easy for them to try to spin the narrative in a positive way for them and how they're viewed and shit like that. So I think it's always important that the people that's on the outside looking in, the consumers, the, the, the listeners of the show, we have to hold these people accountable because it's easy for somebody to get on the microphone and say any motherfucking thing. It truly is easy for somebody to get on the microphone and say any motherfucking thing. I've said it many motherfucking times. I've come on this podcast and said some shit that I really didn't even know I said until I listened to that shit back a few weeks later. And it's, it's, it's important for people to have people that hold them accountable for the bullshit they say and call them out on their bullshit. And, and Joe Rogan was absolutely motherfucking wrong for saying victim bullying when it comes to victims of domestic violence. That shit doesn't exist, my nigga. And also, when you're the nigga that has multiple women coming at the, at his head top throughout his, his career, I don't give a fuck what his rebrand looks like. When you have multiple women coming out saying the same thing and different stories about you abusing them, and you've never truly denied the shit, you have no fucking right to talk about victims of domestic violence. Shut the fuck up and dribble. <laughs> truly, shut the fuck up and dribble, my nigga. Real motherfucking talk. Somebody got a motherfucking say. I don't give a fuck what his rebrand look like. And this is a nigga that fucks with Joe Budden. I don't give a fuck what his rebrand looks like. You did that shit. It's multiple women, multiple women saying you did that shit. So you must be held a motherfucking accountable for that shit. You must. You must, my nigga. Real fucking talk. Um, moving on. You know, I gotta get to a topic. <laughs> I got to get into a topic, man, that's really near and dear to my heart. <laughs> that's really motherfucking near and dear to my heart. We got to get into Pinky versus the world, man. You know, this shit started, what, a couple days? This shit started a couple days ago. You know, it was a pictures of a of, of Pinky circulating in the internet, Instagram, social media, and shit like that. Her at a convention. And it was saying she was charging $100 for pictures and shit like that. And niggas was an uproar. How the fuck is you charging $100 for a picture? And it was at that moment in time, I truly didn't give a fuck about the topic because at the end of the day, I understand both sides of the argument. If you're a fan and you see Pinky out and about and you want to take a picture, I get it. You don't want to be charging $100. But if you see Pinky at a fucking convention, a porno convention and shit like that, and she charging for pictures, my nigga, that's her place of business, but you have to understand niggas gotta eat. Bills is paid, bills is due. <laughs> the first just passed, nigga. Rent is due. <laughs> but it's it, it doubled back. People doubled back on this and talked about Pinky's weight. Pinky's weight has been an issue for people for the last couple years, my nigga. Pinky's weight has been an issue for the last couple years. Now, I'm a, a nigga like myself. I truly don't give a fuck about Pinky's weight. And we're talking about Pinky the porn star, if y'all don't fucking know. 
fat ass pinky, pinky XXX. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> but pinky's weight has never been an issue for me, my nigga. And I'm, and I'm going to tell you why. I've literally bust so many nuts looking at Pinky XXX. I don't give a fuck what Pinky looks like today. I know what the real Pinky looked like when she was putting in work. Pinky was bad as shit. And even today, if I'm watching, if I'm watching Pinky suck some dick or get some, take some shit from the back, I'm not looking at her stomach. So I've always valued what Pinky did for me growing the fuck up. But I'm sitting back on social media, my nigga, and I'm seeing a lot of motherfucking people going in about Pinky's weight. Like, these bitches ain't looking like that on the regular. I know women that's 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, probably got one kid, two kid, maybe even three the way they going these days, that's built just like Pinky. So it's blowing my mind to sit back and I'm seeing all these women bashing pinky size and i'm seeing all these niggas bashing pinky size that they ain't really they, they ain't never got they shit off to pinky pinky is a motherfucking national hero <laughs> i don't give a fuck what nobody says pinky's the one that put introduced me to porn pinky introduced me to becoming a man <laughs> like pinky did that for more i don't know what the fuck pinky did for y'all so i can't sit back and, and tolerate the disrespect towards pinky I don't give a fuck how big Pinky go. You know how they say how many lists it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie Roll? How many strokes do it get to get to the real Pinky? Well, the real Pinky, please stand up. I know she's in there somewhere. When I see Pinky, I still see uh, thick-ass, little-ass Pinky. That's what I see. I don't give a fuck where her stomach do. I don't give a fuck. I see bad-ass Pinky when I see Pinky. Because I, when I see her, when I see her, I instantly think back to those videos that got me in my mood. That got me going as a youth. <laughs> That's the fuck I think of. So it's blowing my mind to see everybody come for Pinky's hair top. Like she's not supposed to get bigger. Like she's not a grown ass woman down in her 40s. Look at your mamas, my nigga. Everybody mama was small. Well, not everybody. A lot of y'all niggas mama was big all the fucking time. But for the most part, look at your mama when she was in her 20s. She's probably slim, thick, or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Look at her now. <laughs> Big as fuck. Cafeteria, little arms, all that shit. All that shit. So I, I never truly, I, I don't understand why everybody's going at Pinky. All these bitches is shaped like Pinky now. They got a fat ass and don't give a fuck about the center portion of their body. They don't give a fuck about that. They just get on Instagram Live and, and Facebook Live and, and, and Twitch and all shit, shaking their ass. Niggas don't give a fuck about your stomach no more. Shake that ass, baby. <laughs> Shake that motherfucking ass. So it's truly blowing my mind to see how much people are body shaming Pinky right now. Like, this woman is not her prime. She's not motherfucking me. You know what I'm saying? She's not motherfucking me 26. Pinky damn near 40 or some shit like that. This is a this woman's up in age. Everybody don't age gracefully. She was a thick, short motherfucker. She's bound to get fat. I'm sorry to break the news to you, ladies. If you short as fuck and you thick as fuck right now, yeah, you're bound to blow the fuck up if you don't take care of your shit. And for the month, from, from the looks of it, almost all these porn stars get fat as a motherfucker. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not tolerating no more. I, I ain't, I ain't letting that shit slide no more. I stand for Pinky. <laughs> I 
I stand for Pinky. She got me through some tough motherfucking times. I'm not letting the world go at Pinky like that no motherfucking anymore, man. Nah, we gotta let that shit go, man. Let that bitch breathe, man. <laughs> yeah, let that bitch breathe. It makes no sense for everybody to be getting on Pinky head about her weight and how she looks right now. That ass is still fat. Would I still smash? Yes. Because I know the real Pinky's in there somewhere. How many strokes does it take to get to the real Pinky? <laughs> I'm not letting that shit ride no more, man. Stand justice for Pinky. Justice for fucking Pinky. <laughs> real motherfucking talk. Um, moving on, man. I got to get into this shit, man. I want to introduce a new segment to the podcast, you know what I'm saying, called On This Day in History. You know, I came across this clip, and it was about women. Well, it was about these two women talking about how they don't want a man with a job anymore. And it blew my fucking mind. I'm not going to lie to you. It blew my fucking mind. And it, and it pretty much goes to the point of them, you know, claiming to be entrepreneurs and shit like that. And, they want to live a spontaneous lifestyle and shit like that. If they want to hop up one day and want to go to Jamaica and shit like that, the nigga won't be able to do that because he got notified his job. Hope he got PTO type shit. None of that makes sense. The reason why I bring this up on the podcast, man, is because it's really, really starting to be get really hard to be a man. I'm going to be honest with you. You can't do shit no more. You can't win for losing no more if you're a man. I remember, I remember growing up, the knock on niggas was they didn't have a job. They didn't have shit to themselves. Living at home with their mama. They just didn't have shit at all. But nowadays, it's like once you, now you got niggas that got jobs, that's living good, that's, that's taking care of business, and that shit not good enough. They want street niggas or niggas who scamming or some shit like that. But comments say that sounds crazy. Sounds crazy as a motherfucker. It sounds crazy as a motherfucker. But this is the this is the life that we're living in 2022. Everybody's an entrepreneur. Everybody's selling something. Everybody's selling weed. Everybody's selling uh, how to be how to make an LLC. Everybody's doing this. Everybody's doing that. It's money y'all here to be made. I'm not knocking nobody for making their fucking money. But the time the point in time where it comes to women saying they can't date a man who has a fucking job, that's a problem. That that's that's really a motherfucking problem. I'm not gonna lie to you. That's truly a motherfucking problem. Because what type of man? What does motherfucker say? Selling ass. <laughs> Selling ass is getting it done. Bad Bobby just what she got. She got fifty two million on OnlyFans. Selling ass is getting it done. But that's truly what a lot of these women. I don't want to say a lot of these women because I know a lot of women that's truly getting out the mud. They got their own businesses. They got this. They got, and they're getting it out the fucking mud. I know a lot of women that's truly getting it out the mud on some legit business shit. And I just tip my hat off to them. But there's a lot of women in 2022 whose entrepreneurship is OnlyFans. And I'm not knocking nobody how they get their money. But if you're selling ass, if you're showing ass and titties on the internet, that's how you're making your money. You sitting there telling the man you can't date him because he has a job? Nah, you fucking wilding the fuck out. Now, mate, now, I'm gonna say this: that woman's not for me. But I'll be damned if a woman tried to disrespect me and knock down my hustle because I do have a nine to five as well as my side business, my side hustle. <laughs> what fuck say? Come and say you mean content creator? That it's a content creation. 
But when you making money off the shit, motherfuckers is a twist their mind. That's an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur. They have to be entrepreneur because they creating this content. They, they pushing this shit out. They getting it hundred thousand dollars. I once you once a motherfucker start bringing in six figures, you really can't say much to them. Entrepreneurship, content creator, yada yada yada. They paying the bills. Some motherfucker have. But even if you are a content creator, even if you're a content creator, you can't you can't turn around and tell a motherfucker that's working a legit nine to five that you can't date them because they have a nine to five. You can't do that. That's steady motherfucking money coming in. I don't give a fuck how big you are entrepreneurship. That shit has many ups and downs. Many motherfucking ups and downs. How do you, comments says, how do you price your ass? I don't know, babe. I ain't selling ass. I ain't selling dick. I know, I know how much it, I know what it costs to get me in a room with you. <laughs> I know it's gonna cost you to get me in a room with you. But I ain't I, I, how do you price your dick? I don't fucking know. I know the only fence is going for like $5.99 per month type shit. <laughs> I know that's I know those deals. <laughs> those just plastered all over social media. But it's very hard to be a man 2022. And I'm and I'm not trying to come on here and bash, you know what I'm saying, women or nothing like that. That's, that's not my thing. That's not how I give up on this podcast. But I am gonna make it known it's very hard to be a man and to seek out a real relationship because the goalpost is steady moving for niggas. It's steady moving for niggas. I'm be honest with you. It, 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 when you once you try to go legit route to find a happy, you know, some relationship, that shit don't work no more. They don't want that shit. They want niggas getting it out the mud, scamming. Uh, 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 that's 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 going ups and downs. They entrepreneurial shit. I'm all I'm all about people chasing their dreams. I'm all about that shit. I'm chasing my motherfucking dream right now. But I'm not gonna quit my motherfucking me job that's that's keeping my bills and all my lights and shit up to date just to chase my motherfucking dream. I'm not at that point yet. Once I get to a certain point to where I can I have enough money saved up, I have enough things and enough things in place to where I can chase my dream, head the fuck on without any fucking fucked up ramifications, that's when I'm gonna do it. I'm not gonna just quit my shit just because women say they can't date niggas with jobs. That makes no sense. Any woman, any any person, period. If it's if it's a man and he tell me he can't date a woman who uh who got a job, anybody saying that stupid ass shit is fucking retarded. You're fucking retarded. You're not you're not you're not you're not putting down a real fucking point. You're not you're not standing for for the right cause. You're not doing none of that shit. When I seen this video of these women saying that they can't date a nigga with a job because they want to live a spontaneous lifestyle, baby, you fucking stupid. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> let's, just, let's call a spade a motherfucking spade. You want to know why I keep my job on, on some real shit? On some real shit? Benefits. I need it. <laughs> I need my benefits, B. I need, I need my insurance, B. I need my 401k so I can draft out that motherfucker. That's what I got my shit for. I need to keep, I need, I need to make sure I got a certain amount of money coming in every motherfucking month to take care of X, Y, and Z. And I can hustle and I can get my side business going to take care of all the other shit I want to do. But I need to know I have a certain amount of money coming in each week, each month, each motherfucking year to take care of X, Y, and Z. That don't stop another, that don't stop a, a, a hustle of another dream or anything like that. That don't, that don't stop nobody from chasing their fucking dreams. I'm thinking I'm hustling the smart way. Compared to, 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 compared to what I'm hearing from these women nowadays, that ain't the right thing to fucking do. They want a nigga to be struggling out here. 
They want to get out the mud with a nigga. No, bitch, I'm going to get out the mud when I'm good and goddamn ready. <laughs> I'm going to get out the mud then. I ain't been working in corporate America for damn seven years now to quit my job because that's not the right, that's not the end thing to do now. Bitch, you got me fucked up. You got me twisted. You got me fucking twisted. So it just blows my mind when I see if that's the case and that's what that's what's going on. In 2022, man, it's truly hard as fuck to be a man in, in 2022 and, and 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 be in a dating pool because the, the goalpost is moving like a motherfucker. You would think Shaq got that motherfucker playing around with you or some shit like that, man. Real motherfucking me talk. <laughs> um, oh, let's see what this comment say real fast. Oh, let me see what this comment say. But I'll move on to the next motherfucking topic, man. <laughs> what they say? What they say? I'm in the wrong industry. Me and you fucking both. <laughs> me and you motherfucking me both. I'm finna just start. I'm finna start selling my shit. I'm not selling ass for five ninety nine a month. You better. <laughs> you better start selling that motherfucker. Five ninety nine to get you a lot of subscribers nowadays. I ain't gonna figure. That's what everybody doing. You may go for the seven bucks. Hey, hold on. If your ass fat, you probably get ten on nigga. <laughs> you probably get ten dollars on nigga if your ass super fat. I ain't gonna lie to you. Put some little, some little foot pictures in that motherfucker. You probably go crazy. I ain't gonna fake it. <laughs> I ain't gonna fake it. Um, moving on, man. You know, I came across this this post on social media, and it was asking why are men, why are dudes scared to date women with baby daddies? Well, what a baby daddy! And it was it was amusing to me to see the comments. You know, from from dudes, it was multiple. It was just all dudes coming, and it was amusing to me to see what what a lot of these niggas were saying. And the main reason why I bring up in this podcast is because I've had this conversation with a few women in my life who you know have kids. I'm a nigga. If you, I tell y'all all the time, I'm into older women. I've dated a lot of older women in my life, and they all pretty much had kids. Not all of them, but they pretty much all had kids. And pretty much nowadays. Everybody got kids now. I ain't gonna, I'm not the only nigga without a kid. Knocking on wood, of course. <laughs> I've had a few scares. But there was so many dudes in the comments section talking about some, you fucking with some little niggas. You fucking with what type of niggas you into. Like, niggas ain't scared. Them niggas is soft. Them niggas is they, 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 they are insecure and shit like that. And it was blowing my mind to see a bunch of dudes saying this. Because that's probably the further, that's probably the farthest thing from the fucking truth. I put in the comment section that I don't know if scare is the right word, but a lot of dudes want to start their own family. That's truly why, that's truly a reason why I don't date, why I don't, you know what I'm saying, get to serious relationships with women with kids, because I would love to start my own family. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm 26 years old. I'm not in a position to want to be a stepdad. I don't want to be a stepdad at 26 years old. I just don't. Now, I do understand that the older I get in life, that very well may, may be a possibility. Let's say everybody got kids now. I'm getting much older. But I don't. I didn't want to be a stepdad in my fucking 20s. I just didn't. Maybe 28, 29, you know, so I'm knocking on 30 for real, for real. But 20 through 26, I didn't want to be a fucking stepdad. Man, I'm still learning life. I've had a stepfather come into my life and didn't teach me shit. So my biggest fear it's coming to a, a, a young kid's life and, and not teaching them shit about anything, not giving them the gift of gab, not teaching them the rights and wrongs, not teaching them how to become a, a young man or teaching them how to become a very respectable young woman. I fear that. 
And that's me thinking about the kid first before anything. Yeah, I may be attracted to the mother and shit like that, but I'm thinking about that kid because I was that kid who was in a situation where a nigga came into the picture and didn't give me nothing. Didn't give me shit. So I, I, I truly stay away from getting to serious relationships with women with kids because I think about that kid. It has nothing to do with that woman. Nothing to do with that baby daddy. It has nothing to do with that. I think about the fucking kids. Now, obviously, you know what I'm saying. When, when you got baby daddies and baby moms and shit, drama is that's, that's drama is staple to that shit. Drama is attached. I don't give a fuck how people try to make it seem like people got know they role. I don't want to hear that shit. Everybody I know with a baby mom or a baby daddy and they get into other, like, other relationships with other people, it's always some bullshit going on. It may not be all the time. Maybe one holiday. We want the kids this day. I don't want no, I don't want your uh baby, your, your boyfriend, a picture of my kids on Christmas. Like shit like that happens. And as a nigga with no kids, but I don't want to be dealing with that shit. When I'm dealing with a woman, she got a kid. All right, baby, you take care of your kid, do your thing. Just hit me up on that when you know what I'm saying. He with his pops on the weekend. Hit me up when you know what I'm saying. It ain't it ain't a big fucking deal with shit. So when I see women talking about men are scared to date women with baby daddies, that's not the fucking case. Niggas is really just protecting their fucking sanity. Niggas is protecting themselves. It's too many cases out here where niggas is getting getting lined the fuck up and shot the fuck down because of a, a jealous baby daddy. Or women is getting fucked up because of a jealous baby mom. It's too much drama that goes on into those situations. I've been in situations where women wanted me to do certain shit. Because of their baby daddy. I will never feel comfortable doing that. That's not my place. That's not that 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 you guys' storyline goes far deeper than me, me and yours, Shorty. That man is attached to your hip for the rest of your life. Your kid is there. I'm not, I don't, I would never feel comfortable getting in between a woman and her baby daddy. Now, motherfuckers beating people the fuck up and I'm fucking with a chick, her baby daddy come through and black her motherfucking eye. I got to do something, but I ain't finna be, you know what I'm saying, anything that's not violence related, I ain't got nothing to do with that shit. You lay down slip with that nigga. You, you was sucking that nigga dick. I ain't got nothing to do with that shit. I don't know that nigga. <laughs> I don't want nothing to do with it. But that's why I said I don't, I, I, I'd rather not get into a serious relationship with a woman with kids. Because at a certain point in time, it just comes to you have to come through and influence that young child's life. You have to come through. You have to deal with the father of that child, the mother of that child, whatever side of fence you want. You have to deal with that. And for people to sit back and act like that's not the case, to me, it's fucking is is it's not only stupid but immature as fuck. Because at a certain point in time, when you have a child and you bring you in that dating pool, they not just wait, they just date you, but they not just taking you on. They not just they just not devoting their time to you. You have a little one that they have to they have to they have to grow feelings for, they have to establish a, a relationship with. A lot of things go into that. And you have to keep in the back of your mind there is another parent to this fucking child. So I, I had I had to make sure I, I brought it up on the podcast because that's not the case. Men are scared of women with baby daddies. That's that, that that's not it. You still getting fucked. So niggas ain't scared. If niggas was scared, niggas wouldn't be fucking you. Niggas wouldn't be talking to you. Niggas wouldn't be conversing with you and shit like that. It's just the moment you try to make this a serious relationship and bring on that 
quote unquote stepdad role, stepmom role, you have to understand what all goes into that. Especially for somebody at my age at 26 years old, that's not what I'm on. I, my fucking dog gets on my nerves. You think your kid won't get on my motherfucking nerves? You think I won't then smack the shit out of your son if he's talking back? <laughs> if that nigga touch my, my PlayStation, you think I won't raise my hand to that little nigga? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I ain't beating no little kid's ass, man. Not, not yet. They ain't mine. They, I ain't whooping no kid's ass. I don't believe in it. But that's 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 like that's just as real as I can get about the situation. I, I would never feel comfortable coming between a woman and her baby daddy. I just won't. Now, along the lines, if I do get serious with a woman, and you know what I'm saying, we in a serious relationship, and it's beef with the baby daddy, I will talk to the nigga. I'm not gonna pull up on that nigga on some on some macho man shit. Now, unless it's, it's physical violence, that shit ain't got nothing to do with me. It, it, it truly motherfucking don't. You can't expect motherfuckers to come through trying to say today. That's why niggas just remove themselves from the situation. And I've been in multiple situations to where that was asked of me. And I just, I, I would never feel comfortable doing that because I'm thinking about that kid. I'm thinking about, everybody's thinking about the baby mama thinking about what the baby daddy got to say. The baby daddy thinking about what the baby mama got to say. Nobody's truly thinking about that kid. And that's why I just I would never feel comfortable so uh, inserting myself into a, a full time serious relationship with a woman with kids because I've been that kid in that situation to where a nigga came around and I learned nothing from him. nothing. And knowing what that did to my life, I would never do that to another kid. I don't give a fuck how much I like the woman. I will I will mend my feelings later. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I will I will miss her later on in life. I, I, will, I will think about her and not communicate with her just because I know what that can do to that kid because I know what it did to me type shit. So I, I just don't believe that niggas are scared to date baby uh, women with baby dad. I don't believe that. I think niggas are just smart and getting themselves out the fucking way of a possible tragic situation. It truly motherfucking is because a lot of times it's not even fucking closure in those situations. And that shit goes on for fucking a, a decade plus. Where niggas is fucking on and fucking off on their baby mamas and baby dads. That's truly how the fuck I feel, honestly. I seem to go on too motherfucking much to, to say it otherwise, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> that shit crazy. <laughs> that shit truly is motherfucking crazy, man. Um, moving on though. Let's go ahead and get to this Day Chappelle shit. <laughs> we gotta get to Day Chappelle, man. Um, you haven't seen the, the clip. Day Chappelle was on stage and a fan ran up and tackled him on stage. Well, I don't want to say a fan because the nigga he had a he had some type of fucking gun with a he had some type of a gun with with like a blade on that motherfucker that man through security somehow and he ran up on stage and tackled Dave motherfucking Chappelle and everybody that's a friend of this show you know how I feel about Dave Chappelle that's my nigga that's one of the niggas I grew up I don't want to say idolizing but a lot of my sense of humor comes from Dave Chappelle, Mark Lawrence, Jamie Foxx. Like, my sense of humor comes from them niggas. And I feel Dave Chappelle is the greatest comedian of all time. So you know how I feel about Dave Chappelle. So when I seen this clip of a man running down Dave Chappelle and then trying to run backstage and then getting his ass whooped, I was championing this shit. <laughs> I was championing this shit. They beat that man the fuck up. Did you see his arm? Dude, arm was like fucked up. Like, his arm wasn't like this no more. His shit was like this, like twisted the other way. They fucked him up. 
He had a fat ass hematoma on his head that was the size of Mount Everest. Dudes fucked up. They, 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 put, they, they put the worst on that nigga. And he deserved it. But it made me think about the story that came out about Mike Tyson the other day. About how a man was on the plane behind Mike Tyson talking cash shit. And then Mike Tyson turned around and started beating his ass on the plane, in the air, in the sky. Imagine being on the airplane and you look up and Mike Tyson is literally beating the nigga the fuck up. That's some wild ass shit. That's like some, some, some fast and furious type shit. Niggas fight on the plane, glass and shit breaking and shit. Like, that's what the fuck I'm thinking of. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Some Avengers type shit. But it made me think of people are doing a lot of wild shit when it comes to celebrities lately. Have, have y'all noticed this shit? Like, it's always been, you know, cloud chasers and shit like that. But when you got people running up on stage, tackling niggas, when you got niggas, I just told him, I talked about the uh, the improv, the comedy improv that Mike Tyson was at a couple weeks ago. And the nigga came in there and he had a gun and all types of shit. He was drunk, yelling at Mike Tyson and shit. There's a lot of people doing some wild shit when it comes to these celebrities. And it makes me think, like, what the fuck is truly going on? Is this is this some type of challenge that's going on? Is this some type of, you know, some Instagram shit? Like, if motherfuckers really trying to get rich, get famous off this shit? Because it truly makes no sense of what the fuck is going on. Like, why are you at a comedy show and you run up on stage trying to tackle Dave Chappelle? Like, what, what? I, I don't get it. And that may be some LGBTQ plus community type shit because I know dude did. They said dude was a little zesty. You know what I'm saying? Dude was a part of that community and shit like that. Maybe it's something with that. I don't fucking know. But at no point in time, I don't give a fuck how many jokes Dave Chappelle cracked. No one has the right to run up on stage and try to tackle that man. At that moment in time, you're truly bullshit. You're, you're, you're truly violating not only him, but the, the security of everybody in that motherfucking building because it can really pop off in that motherfucker as it did with old boy. He got fucked up. And then when you got niggas talking shit to Mike Tyson in his ear on a plane, you didn't think he was going to whoop your ass on that plane. You was looking for clout. You was trying to be funny and shit like that. Not knowing that Mike Tyson will really fuck you up. So it truly, you know, it, it's truly some wild shit going on right now in the climate of pop culture. It's truly some wild ass shit. Like, I would never understand how people can cross these lines and try to, you know what I'm saying, take, and, and, and do this to celebrities. You can't even do this to a regular motherfucker like myself. If I'm walking down the street and a nigga just walk up on me and tackle me, what you think I'm gonna do? What, 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 uh, what you think I'm gonna do? You think I'm gonna let that shit slide? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm beating ass. I'm putting foot to ass. That's what I'm doing. So I can only imagine what Dave Chappelle security guards gonna do. I can only imagine what Mike Tyson gonna do if you talking shit to him in his, in his ear. I'm gonna fuck you up. What you think Mike Tyson gonna do? You think he's gonna take it easy on a nigga because he got because he because he got hands of steel? No, he's gonna pumble your motherfucking face in, nigga. <laughs> like this ain't a fucking game. But lately it's just been a lot of motherfuckers taking this shit too motherfucking far. It truly is blowing my fucking mind. Yo, it truly motherfucking is. Real talk. <laughs> um <laughs> moving on, man. You know, I want to get into how far is too far. You know, this may seem like a, a, a reiterated point, 
with this whole Pete Davidson shit. You know, Pete Davidson obviously fucking with Kim Kardashian. I came on this podcast many motherfucking times, and I've talked to you guys about that relationship, that relationship and the whole Kanye West love triangle shit and why we know certain shit. The whole um, text exchange between Pete Davidson and Kanye West was, was leaked to the public, and we all was able to see Pete Davidson talking cash shit to Kanye West about fucking Kim Kardashian while he was in the bed with her and shit like that. Whole bunch of crazy shit. And I seen I seen it was either a video or a post that Pete Davidson got like Kim Kardashian's name tattooed like eleven times or some shit. Like he got her name tattooed on his butt like eleven times. They ain't even been with each other that long, but he got that many tattoos of Kim Kardashian's name. At least it's either seven or eleven, one of those numbers. A lot of fucking tattoos, more than one. He even got a branding of, of her of her name and shit like that. It's, it's some wild, creepy shit, to be honest with you. But I don't tell people how to love. I, I, I don't do that. The reason why I say how far is too far, this fucking headphone be falling on my fucking ears, annoying the fuck out of me. I ain't gonna lie to you. But the reason why I say how far is too far is because, you know, news came out a couple of days ago. <laughs> about Pete Davidson had another tattoo. But this tattoo wasn't of Kim Kardashian's initials or her name or nothing like that. It was the initials of her kids. The kid she has with Kanye West. Now, <laughs> like, I don't have kids. I just got to tell you I'm a whole spill. I don't have children. I, I don't. Me personally, I don't. But that's the line where I would think that no man would ever cross. I don't understand. Look, I can only imagine how I would react if that was with my kids. My nigga, you're fucking my wife. You're fucking my ex-wife. They just got divorced. I don't know if that shit actually finalized. I think she just got, she got damn, she can um, get her name back or her separation. I don't, I don't even fucking know. I don't even fucking know. Kanye was still in the picture. He just gave her a fucking sex tape back. We're going to get into a little bit later. You're fucking Kim Kardashian, fam. Why are you tattooing her kid's name and kid's initials on your fucking body? Nobody finds that creepy as fuck. That's creepy as fuck. I don't give a fuck how cool you are with the kids, how many times y'all play catch in the backyard, how many times you bought the little girl an ice cream Sunday? I don't give a fuck. My nigga, you can't tattoo another man's kid's initials to your body. I don't care how much you think you love these children. You haven't even been in the picture that fucking long, bro. You haven't. It hasn't even been a fucking year yet, has it? Has it been a year since Pete Davidson been fucking Kim Kardashian publicly? Has it been a year? Even if it has been a year. Has it been two years? It, it wasn't pre-pandemic. It wasn't pre-fucking pandemic. It wasn't, it wasn't pre-Kobe. The Kobe situation, rest in peace. Gigi birthday just a few days ago. Rest in peace to G, happy, happy belated birthday, Gigi. It wasn't pre-that publicly. So how do you feel that how do you feel the the need or have the audacity to tattoo that man's kid's name on your fucking body? I'm be honest with you. If I'm Kanye West, 
I just channel my Aaron Lil John. Shot, 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 shot. Niggas dead now. What the fuck is you talking about? What is you talking about? He has to go. That's some creepy, weirdo shit, bro. A nigga can't be tattooing a mother another nigga's kid's name to their motherfucking body and think that shit gonna ride. How is that possible? That look, man. Look, man. I don't know this this Hollywood shit. It ain't for me. It's Hollywood shit. Is 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 the eyes wide open? Is is eye wide closed part type party situation? It's a whole bunch of freaky deaky weirdo shit going on in Hollywood. But this is where the real nigga has to come out. You're from Chicago, Kanye West. It has to be in there somewhere. You 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 playing that GD shit on a, on a diss track to Drake? Show me the GD shit now. Let the GDs in the motherfucking door. Now, a nigga tattooing your kid's initials on his body after fucking your ex-wife for a few months? You got to pull up. I'm sorry. If you didn't pull up out of love on that nigga for fucking Kim Kardashian, you have to pull up now. If you didn't pull up on that nigga for sending you a, 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 a picture of him laying in bed with Kim Kardashian, you have to pull up now. You have to pull up now. Pull up at, at the house on Saturday Night Live set. Pull up when they shooting the Kardashian show. Pull up when that nigga's at the gym doing Pilates. I don't give a fuck where you pull up at. You must pull up. This cannot be tolerated. This can't be acceptable. This can't be acceptable. And I don't have kids. Maybe, maybe people with kids like, eh, it ain't that bad. As a nigga with no kids... I find this highly disrespectful. Not only highly disrespectful, I find this creepy as a motherfucker. Yes, as a motherfucker. Because he's a motherfucker. <laughs> I find this extremely creepy, bro. There's no way. There's no way I could ever picture myself doing something like that. I don't even care how long I've been with this woman. I'm not getting your kids' names tattooed on. The only way I would truly do some shit like that, I'm just, I'm just trying to think. I'm just trying to think. The only way I would truly get another man's kids' name tattooed on my body is if I've been with this woman for years. We've been married. We have our own set of kids, and I got the whole family name tattooed on my body. I got me, the wife, the kids, the other kid. I got all the kids' names. I'm not going to single them out like I don't love them just as much if I've been with their mom and I've been in their life for 18, 10 plus years, 15 plus years, 18. You know what I'm saying? Shit like that. If I've helped raise these kids and we have our own family as well with other sets of kids, I understand that. But for a man to be dating this woman for only a short amount of time, under under two years, and he's getting her kids' names tattooed on, on his body, that's some wild ass shit. And it truly says a lot. It truly says a lot about Kim Kardashian for allowing this to happen. I don't know no woman in my life. I don't know no woman in my life that would allow that. Every woman I know, they don't play about their kids. Every woman that I know with kids, they don't play about their kids. Their kids is off limits. 
So for this to for, for Kim Kardashian to even allow this nigga to do that is some creepy ass, wild ass, flagrant ass shit. It's not only disrespectful to Kanye West, but it's weird as fuck that she's allowing this man to be in her kid's life like this. And she just started dating this nigga. That's wild as fuck to me. I look and like I said, I know Hollywood is this different. Hollywood is different. But when it comes to you, you allowing motherfuckers to, to, to use your kids as props, it's a problem. It's a, I don't give a fuck what storyline you need for your new show. It's a fucking problem. You should have known this nigga was kind of off his shit when he got your name and your initials tattooed 11 fucking times and y'all only been fucking for six months. I don't even know you for real. We've been fucking for six months. <laughs> like, what's your middle name? <laughs> Like, really, what's your middle name? When your birthday again? <laughs> like, that's the amount of information I know in six months. So for this nigga to get all these tattoos of her and her kids' names and shit, that's fucking crazy, bro. I don't give a fuck how good the ratings is for this show. That's crazy. People have to really look at what the fuck these people are doing and how they're exploiting these motherfucking kids, bro. It's some sick ass shit. It truly motherfucking is. I'm not even gonna fight. I'm not even gonna fake it, but real shit. Uh, moving on. Why, why we start talking about Pete Davidson, this whole Kardashian shit? You know, a clip came out with Kim Kardashian and um and Kanye West, and they were saying how Kanye West went and picked up the the hard drive, the computer, and all that good shit about the the new sex tape with Kim Kardashian and Ray J. If you don't know, man, it was a few weeks ago, I believe, that news came out that there was a second sex tape with Ray J and uh, Kim Kardashian that, that was produced, you know, way back then. It never came out. And there was more to the original sex tape and shit like that. Who really gave a fuck? I don't know. I've already seen Ray J having you smut the fuck out, baby. Like, I, I truly didn't need to see more. The first one was I, right, you know, so he was fine and all that. But the first one was I, right. I ain't really give a fuck to go see a new one. But the clip is circulating with this whole new Kardashian show where Kanye allegedly got the tape back. He came with the hard drive and all that good shit, which I believe is a crock of bullshit. You've been telling me that that sex tape is on one hard drive. That sex in 2022, you pulled up to this thing, he gave you a, a computer hard drive, and that's where the sex tape is at. Okay. <laughs> okay, buddy. <laughs> Whatever you say, Kanye. Whatever you say, Kim K. But the clip goes is, you know, Kanye West comes through. He drop off the, you know what I'm saying, the shit. She's crying and all that shit. It's a big scene. You know what I'm saying? It's a big moment for the show type shit. But this opened the doors for Ray J to finally speak the fuck up. And I've always sat back and wondered, why the fuck Ray J truly not saying what really happened with this whole sex tape situation? And finally, Ray J came out and said, what the fuck really fucking happened? Once this clip dropped, you seen Ray J in the comments saying this was utter fucking lies. That none of this shit is fucking true if they saying on this motherfucking clip that he didn't give a he didn't have a new sex tape and he gave the Kanye West and none of this shit. He was saying all this shit was bullshit. And he finally spoke up and, and stood up for himself because when it comes to this whole sex tape shit with Kim Kardashian, fam, Ray J has been put in a negative light since day fucking one. As much as people want to, you know what I'm saying, get on Kim Kardashian ass about being 
famous off a of sex tape. Niggas was they was always looking at Ray J as he was the bad guy. Like he put this shit out, like he was trying to expose her and all that good shit. Ray J took a lot of flack for that shit. But now Ray J not dealing with that shit no more. Ray J finally spoke the fuck up and told the truth what happened with this whole sex tape shit. And it was kind of something we always was was uh motherfucking me saying kind of happened. We just never had Ray J's side of the motherfucking story. But Ray J finally came out and said, yo, my niggas, Chris Jenner and Kim Kardashian was in cahoots with this shit since day motherfucking one. Ray J finally said that's truly what the fuck happened. That they knew about this shit from day one. They knew about the sex tape. They didn't want to put this shit out. And he, he had to literally sit back and go through mental health and depression because the whole world was looking at him as a bad fucking guy. And these women built the whole fucking billion dollar enterprise off this shit. I can only imagine what that nigga was truly going through. Because when you're sitting back and everybody's pointing fingers at you, like you the asshole who leaked this fucking sex tape, I don't think people understand that Ray J was fucking Ray J. That's Brandy Norwood's sister. That's Snoop Dogg's cousin. Ray J didn't need to leak no fucking sex tape to be Ray J. He was already Ray J. He was already one wish. He already had one fucking wish. He was already a made fucking man, dog. He didn't need that. Kim Kardashian is the only one who benefited from that sex tape. So it never truly made sense that people were saying Ray J put that sex tape out. Now, I'm not saying he didn't, you know, he wasn't with, you know, he didn't have anything to do with it. What I'm saying is it didn't make sense for Ray J to expose a sex tape. It just didn't. We all knew Ray J was fucking. Like, that's, that's fucking Ray J. He's still fucking. Well, he's, he's a family man now, so you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but we that's Ray motherfucking J. He was already a made fucking man, even if he didn't have his own hit songs. That's Brandy's little brother. That's Snoop Dogg's cousin. He didn't need that. So I, I, I was just I was just excited at the fact that he finally fucking said something. Because when you when you really start to put it into this whole you think about this whole Kardashian shit, you know, so I just got to talking about the whole show, how they exploiting the kids for a storyline and shit like that. It all makes sense. It, it truly all fucking makes sense that Kris Jenner truly pimped her fucking daughter. She truly pimped her daughter for the bread. And I'm not, look, at this point in time, billions of dollars later, multiple shows later, you know what I'm saying, multiple cosmetic lines later, you know what I'm saying? Multiple motherfucking influencer streams that going up out the motherfucking Yahoo. All this shit later. I can't say her and say she made the wrong decision. Well, I can say she made a fucking immoral decision. I would never do it. I would never pimp out if I had some kids. I would never pimp my kids out. I would never pimp my little brother. I would never pimp a family member out for the money. I wouldn't do it. But when you see somebody do some shit like that and it become uber successful off the shit, and they clearly made the right decision. Because the Kardashians have a lot of fucking hold on what the fuck goes in the culture right now. It's true. Women don't want to admit it, but all this BBL shit, all this lip filler shit, all this motherfucking me uh, makeup uh, beat down on your fucking face, all this shit's Kim Kardashian. All these women walking around looking like Kim K. All of them. Black, white, Latina, you know what I'm saying? Uh, 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 Bosnian. 
you know what I'm saying, European, Russian, all these motherfuckers walking around looking like Kim Kardashian. And then the same motherfuckers, they talk shit about all motherfucking day. So it clearly worked for Chris Jenner. But it, it but it truly blows my fucking mind that for, for the last what? It, it's been over 10 years. I don't know when that set state came out, but it's been, it's been over 10 years. That for the last, let's say, 15 years, that motherfucker's been pointing the finger at Ray J for this entire situation. Because I, I realized that it's it's really wild as fuck. Because as a man, dude, it's hard it's hard sometimes to defend yourself against certain shit. Because once once, and I, I don't want to say all women because all women not like this. But once women come up with that when they play that victim role, it's hard to get that shit out the way. Wait, motherfucker said, <laughs> nah, but no, yes, yes. All hey, look at all women who's getting these BBLs. These lip fillers, you know what I'm saying? These highlight extensions, you know what I'm saying? These these Coke bottle shapes that's made out of plastic, all Kim Kardashian influence. Everybody's walking around is looking like Kim Kardashian. All of them. Some look good at it. Some did, some got a good love surgery. Some got a horrible surgery. But they all look like Kim Kardashian. Now she she's the influence for a lot of these motherfuckers. I'm not gonna lie to you. But as a man, it truly is hard. To defend yourself against certain shit, and maybe that's why Ray J just shut the fuck up. I'm yeah, maybe that's why Ray J truly didn't defend himself on a on a on what's it all natural. Nah, it's cap. Send it to my DM. <laughs> cap. <laughs> Look at Hash trying to get some pics. Send it to my DM. I don't know if it's all natural. I don't know. I don't believe. I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe. You. I can tell him Dr. Doc Miami was a fine that skin. I can tell. <laughs> Send that shit to my DM, please. No filter. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I believe that's probably why Ray J didn't say much. Because it's, nobody would truly believe Ray J if he came out back then and said he didn't have shit to do with that sex date. The same way when, when Mimi Foster and her boyfriend, what was his name, Nico, when they came out with their sex date, he said he had nothing to do with it. Nobody believed him. It's always, it's always, hold on, it's my, my boy, bless beyond me. What's up, CL? My boy, CL, the motherfucking source. What up, Brody? Thank you for tapping in, joining the motherfucking live stream, bro. I truly appreciate it. You know, but it truly is hard for a man to defend himself against a woman playing the victim role. No matter if it's true, no matter if it's false, once a woman plays that victim role, she's automatically going to have people take her side because there are so many cases of women who aren't heard in these fucked up situations that a lot of times a lot of these accusations and allegations are automatically believed because for such a long time they weren't believed at all. So that's truly why I believe Ray J didn't say shit, but a man can only take so much. And not only a man, but a person can only take so motherfucking much. So I'm truly motherfucking happy that Ray J finally fucking spoke up and said, yo, my niggas, I didn't do this shit. Chris Jenner and fucking and, and Kim Kardashian was behind his sex tape the entire motherfucking time. Now, what I truly want to <clears throat> excuse me, what I truly want to see Ray J motherfucking do is fucking is fucking um is fucking uh sue Kim sue the Kardashians because at a certain point in time that's definition of character. At a certain point in time, y'all made billions of dollars off this man dick. He gotta get a piece of something. He gotta get a piece of something. Don't you agree? <laughs> Look, look, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm gonna be completely motherfucking honest with you. If I put a sex tape out with a woman, if I do that, 
and they blow up. And she start getting paid, and I ain't getting motherfucking paid. We going to small claims court. <laughs> we going to motherfucking small claims court. I'm getting something. <laughs> you got me fucked up. I ain't. I ain't finna sit back and let you get rich off my dick. I ain't finna do that. Mm-mm. You don't think he's being paid to hush all these years? I don't. I truly don't. I don't. I don't believe it. I do not believe that. For people that listen to the podcast and not watching it, comment says you you don't think he was being paid to be hushed all these years. I don't. I truly don't believe Ray J was being paid to keep quiet. I truly motherfucking don't. And I'll tell you why. Because nobody nobody would have believed him at that moment in time if he would have said he didn't do it. He it, it, it was it's a lose lose situation. She's she's been believed all these years. As much as motherfuckers want to knock her for doing the sex tape. And being a rich hoe or whatever the fuck they want to call her, she was always held as the victim when it came to the sex tape. When it came to, to the release of the sex tape, the woman is never looked at as the person that put the shit out. They always looked at as the victim automatically. And you have to think about the type of dude that Ray J was at that period of time. Ray J was a party boy ass nigga who was, who, who was known to be wild, who was known to be a party boy, fucking all the girls, living a a certain type of R&B lifestyle, the young nigga running through Hollywood going crazy. Ray J now has looked a little bit better. He's looked at way better than he was seven years ago. You got to think about where Ray J was at that moment in time when that sex tape came out. That was, he was a young nigga just going crazy in Hollywood. Nobody would have took his side. Hell, there's people nowadays still don't believe him. That still look at Ray J a certain motherfucking way. But everybody knew in the back of their mind, like, hold on, man. Chris Jenner, Chris Jenner has something to do with something. When you see now that we, what, 20 years into, into this whole Kardashian empire shit, everybody's been saying over the years how Chris Jenner's been, you know what I'm saying, on some puppet master shit. So now that Ray J's saying this shit, motherfuckers like, hold on, but this shit's starting to make sense. Because it's easy for a motherfucker to automatically assume she was the victim. It's easy. Now, do I think that Kim Kardashian would still blew up if it was known that she did this shit? I don't. Because the reason why I think she truly blew up as quick as she did, because yeah, she's a, she's a, she's a beautiful woman before all the surgery. She's a beautiful woman before all the fucking surgery. But when you got when, when people can look at you and sympathize with you, even a little bit, even a fucking little bit. That shit makes any, that they, they they automatically open up a little bit more to what you got going on. If motherfuckers truly thought she was a, a piece of shit at the beginning, they wouldn't be where they at right now. You needed something to sympathize her. I mean, for people to sympathize with her at doing that moment in time. I'm just happy as fuck that Ray J finally said something and got that shit off his motherfucking chest. I, I truly motherfucking, I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm truly motherfucking happy. I'm, I'm I fuck with Ray J. I think he don't get the, the, the respect he truly deserves of being one of our, one of a fucking legend in the music industry, a legend in fucking uh, reality TV. Ray J is that nigga. I'm not, I, I truly fuck with Ray J on a whole other level. I ain't gonna lie to you. Maybe that's my problem. <laughs> Maybe that's my motherfucking problem. Um, but moving on. This next topic is kind of crazy, man. Um, you know, I came across this um this news article. About this um, 14-year-old boy 
this 14 year old boy, man, he was arrested and he's facing he's facing life. This 14 year old boy who was arrested facing life in prison for murder and sexual assault. This 14 year old boy raped and killed, I believe, an 11 year old young girl. And I don't want to say names on the, on the podcast of these of these of these kids. They're minors. Uh, I, I don't want to do that. They don't say these names in, in paperwork, in, in court documents, and shit like that. So I, I don't want to say on this podcast and then somehow get flagged for this shit and I end up in trouble. And also I respect some of the fact that these are minors we're talking about. But this fourteen-year-old boy, man, is truly fucking wild, bro. He raped and murdered this eleven-year-old girl. He's facing life in, in Wisconsin. He's, I think they say in Wisconsin. He's facing life. You know, the real thing that that really I got up on the screen, the name of this topic of this segment is called You Your Daddy Son. And the reason why I bring this up is because the father, Cam, it comes to find out the father of this 14-year-old boy who raped and murdered this 11 year old girl was a convicted pedophile. He was arrested, you know what I'm saying? He had photo, uh, porn, pornography of, of, of young uh, pre, let's say pre-pudicent, whatever the fuck, young, young girls. I ain't gonna sit here and try to <laughs> pronounce that shit, but it was of young girls. He was arrested with pornography of young girls and he had four crack pipes. Now look, you doing crack, you got one crack pipe. Stay away, wait, stay the fuck away from me. You got four crack pipes? Jesus Christ, nigga. <laughs> You're doing a little too much crack, don't you agree? But, but, but the simple fact that this little boy's father was a convicted pedophile and his 14-year-old son ended up doing this act is some of the wildest shit I've ever read in my life or even seen in my life. You know how they always say the apple don't fall too far from the tree? This motherfucking apple didn't fall at all. <laughs> this apple was still in root. This motherfucker was still in the branch. How, how are you a convicted pedophile and your son grows up not even 16, 17, 18 years old. His son is still a kid. And he has the wherewithal, the twisted fucking mind to rape, I mean, to, to lure a girl into the woods, beat her the fuck down, strangle her, and then rape her? I, I will never understand. I, I, I will never understand it. I always say because, you know, my father, you know, everybody know my father, he was murdered when I was three years old. And there's a lot of things that I do. And I ask my mom, like, did my, did my dad do that? And they're like, yeah, he did the exact same thing. Like, people tell me I'm a, I'm a spit ninja of my dad. They say I do all the things my dad did. And I've never seen him do it. So it's just in me type shit. It, it's just in me. It's in my bones. You know what I'm saying? It's in my fucking bones. So. I've always thought about, okay, if I do all the dope shit, the good shit that my dad did, I wonder if I do all the bad shit that my dad did. And the reason why I bring it up is because if this little boy's father was a convicted pedophile and this little boy went on to grow up and start raping and killing women, we got to sit back and start thinking like, okay, why the fuck did he have access to his son? They putting up all the pictures of the other dad holding his son, cheesing and shit, all smiley and happy go looking in these pictures. These is two twisted sick motherfuckers. These is two twisted sick motherfuckers. 
and I, and I really want to ask all the friends of the show, what is justice? What is justice for this situation? Because the little boy's facing life. You know how I feel. Put that nigga away. He, he don't need to see it the, the light of day no more. You have the prosecutors asking for a $100,000 bill. The defendants asked for a million dollar bill, which was granted. But for a 14 year old boy to be facing life in prison, do you truly think he's going to get life in prison? I think they said in Wisconsin that, you know, these cases are automatically tried as an adult. That's why it's facing life in prison type shit. They automatically get tried as an adult. But my question to you guys is what the fuck is justice for this? Because you obviously want to say you send your prison condolences to the family. You know what I'm saying? You anybody that 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 was around that little girl who who she affected in a positive way, you want to see your prison condolences to that situation. And a nigga like me wants to see a little nigga go away forever. He should never get out of prison. But there's been cases all around America where these young kids is committing murders and shit like that, and they don't do life. I believe they said there was one kid in Wisconsin. I forget his name. I forget the case exactly. But he ended up um, he ended up beating a, a seven year old up. He was like thirteen or fourteen as well. He beat up a seven year old and stoned him to death with a fucking rock. He stoned the little nigga to death. Rest in peace. Just like little nigga, Jesus Christ. <laughs> but he stoned him to death. He just got out. He he got out at twenty eight years old. We only did fourteen years. So it's like, what is justice in these situations? I always ask people, like, you got to put yourself in that family's shoes. If you just kill my 11-year-old daughter, my 11-year-old sister, my 11-year-old niece, I don't ever want to see you out of prison. Because the moment you get out of prison, I'm putting you down, buddy. <laughs> I'm putting your ass the fuck down. I'm going to live my life in, in part of like this 1999 all the way up until you get out of prison. And I'm putting your ass down. I'm putting you down. I got to. Because certain shit shouldn't be certain. There aren't rehabilitation for certain things. I'm sorry. Just because you kill somebody at 13, 14 years old, I'm not going to forget about that once you turn 30. Because the same person that can kill and rape somebody at 14 years old can be a mass serial killer when they turn 40. They can be a mass serial killer like the fucking dude from the subway shoot who was 62 years old. I just talked about how it was a student in um, and who, who killed and raped his high school teacher in the fucking bathroom at 17 years old. I don't think these motherfuckers deserve to come out and see the light of day ever again. Because when I was 14 years old, I wasn't thinking about raping and killing no fucking body. When I was 14 years old, bro, I was watching basketball. I was watching wrestling. I was out there playing football with the guys. I wasn't thinking about sex in no fucking Way I wasn't thinking about murder, murder, murder in no fucking way. And you talking to a nigga who first word was Snoop Dogg. I knew I grew up on gangster music. 50 Cent is my favorite fucking rapper ever. Get rich or die trying, nigga. At no point in time did I truly believe in the die trying part. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I never believed in that part specifically. I just want to get rich. So I, I, I can't put myself in the shoes of these 14-year-old boys, 17-year-old boys, teenage boys, little-ass kids. I can't put myself in a mind space so I can say, oh, they was just kids. Because I know what the fuck I was doing when I was just a kid. I, 
I, I can't, I can't, I can't give him a pass for that shit. And I truly, I, I truly, I, I'm stumped about the shit because there's you have people that's on both sides of the fence. Like, give them life. Don't give them life. Give them, give them a, a long, give them 12, 15, 20 years, and, and let them, let them do rehabilitation. He was just a kid, you know. So he, 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 he can, he can change his life. He wasn't, you know, so that, that that truly wasn't him as an adult. I don't believe that. I don't believe that shit because I truly believe the shit that you do as a kid. The things you do as a kid builds the fucking foundation for who you are going to be as an adult. I truly believe that shit. Now, I'm not saying people can do certain things and, you know, do certain bad acts and then can't become better in life. I'm not saying that. If you was drinking and driving when you was a teenager, I do believe you can you can, you can, you can get better and, re- and rehabilitize and be a better person once you're an adult. I do believe that. If you was, if you was a motherfucking... Uh, 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 and you was robbing banks and shit like that. I can see you rehabilitating yourself and becoming a better person. But once you start murdering and raping people and you crossing certain lines like that, I, I don't believe you can ever get better. I'm sorry, because I don't know what the fuck got you in that point in time, in, in that point, in that mind frame, I should say, in that point in time to do that shit. I don't understand how you thought that shit was okay. I don't get how, how old you need to be to know that that shit's not okay. Now, you, when I look at this situation with this little boy, his father was convicted pedophile. His father had access to him. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to automatically say his father was planting these seeds in his son's head. But when you're when you're convicted pedophile and then your son goes up to do some shit like this, he learned some shit from somebody. He's seen some shit from somebody. Niggas just don't niggas just don't grow up being murderers and pedophiles and killers and shit like that. They seen some shit. They've been exposed to some shit. And first, he got first hand, first uh, front row seats to a fucking convicted pedophile. He's that, that little boy seen some shit. And I'm not giving him a pass for nothing. Both these motherfuckers should be, be facing some time for real, for real. If you if you want to ask Hatch, hey, baby, lucky Hatch ain't the motherfucking judge in Wisconsin. Put this little nigga in under the cell. Fuck that. Feed him scraps. <laughs> Feed this little nigga some scraps. Real motherfucking talk, man. I, I, I just don't understand how, how this can I don't understand how this shit is even a, a possibility. When I was 14 years old, bro, I just I wasn't I wasn't thinking about shit like this. I, I didn't even think shit like this even existed at 14 years old. At 14 years old, it was stranger danger. I didn't think about shit like other little kids raping and killing motherfuckers. Like it, it, it truly is motherfucking wild, man. It truly is wild to all my people with kids, man. I know I get on this motherfucker all the time and say, look, I ain't got no kids. Fuck them kids. But <laughs> look, all my people with kids, watch your fucking kids, man. Watch your fucking kids because this shit is going down like a motherfucker. Motherfuckers is losing their kids at the drop of a dime to not only grownups, but to little kids as well. Take care of your kids, man. Real talk. This 11-year-old girl is dead because she was outside playing with a 14-year-old and he raped and killed. Take care of your motherfucking kids, man. Real talk. Um, Moving on. Let's get to this NBA playoff recap, man, so we can go ahead and wrap this podcast on up, man. We've been this month for almost an hour and 30 minutes. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I want to say shout out to everybody that's been tapped in during the live stream, man. I can see the motherfucking viewers and shit like that. So I want to say shout out to all y'all that's been tapped in during this conversation. Man. I truly appreciate it. Real motherfucking talk. Um, let's get to this NBA playoff recap real motherfucking fast, bro. 
Uh, right now, you probably got the Suns in Dallas playing right now. I haven't watched the game, obviously, because I'm live streaming with you guys. Uh, that series is going to be is, is very interesting. You know, coming into that series, I don't know the score at all. Let me see if I can check that one for real fast for you guys. I don't know the score of that game at all, but but let me see. Mavericks, it's halftime right now. Mavericks up by two, 60 to 58 as I'm recording this podcast. After watching game one, Luca went for 45 and had you know, down there a 45-point triple double, I'm not mistaken. But that game was never in reach. It was never in reach at all. The Suns pretty much had control of that entire game. And I truly made and that truly changed my mind on how I think that series is gonna play out. I truly think the Suns gonna beat the Mavericks in like five games. I don't think the Mavericks can really fuck with the Suns just because they can't stop Devin Booker. They have multiple bodies to throw at Luka Doncic. And what the Suns is actually doing, they're not double teaming Doncic. They just letting them get his points and shit like that. Which is a trick, which is, which is a tricky fucking way to play because Luka is one of them guys who can probably go for 60. We ain't seen it before, but we seen him go for 45 easily. Multiple times on some of the best defenders, quote unquote, in the NBA. So when you see how that first game played out, I think that's going to be over in five. At most six games. It's not going seven games at all. I think Phoenix is just too good for Dallas. I think Phoenix, honestly, I think Phoenix, honestly, bro, I hate, I don't even want to say it, but I think Phoenix is probably like the second, this is the second best team in the whole NBA. I got them behind Milwaukee. I'm still big on Milwaukee. I know they lost to Boston uh, yesterday. It was, it was a pretty bad fucking loss because Boston's up the, on their ass the whole fucking time. You had Jalen Brown going crazy. He went like five for six from three. I think they said Grant Williams hit like six threes. Uh, somebody else hit like another six threes. They had the best shooter, shooting game from three in like NBA history, damn it. I still like Milwaukee to win a championship. I, I, I truly do because they big as fuck. You got Giannis, Brooke Lopez, Bobby Portis, uh, 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 what's the nigga name? What's the nigga name? What's the nigga? Sergi Baca on the bench. Chris Milton out. Yes, Chris Milton's out. But when he come back, fam, he's not small either. He's a fucking bucket. Drew Holiday is like six, four years old. He said, "Let me see the comments say uh, where you got Golden State right." I got Golden State right. My third best team. I actually got Golden State going to the finals. I think Golden State gonna beat Phoenix. The only thing that that's a, that's a problem with Golden State is that they small as fuck, fam. Like, Golden State is super fucking small. Like, I didn't even trip off how small they was until I was watching the game last night against the Memphis Grizzlies. They so fucking small that DeAndre Aiden might feast on the Knicks. I'm not going to lie to you. I don't believe he's that type of dude, but he can get you an easy 20 points hitting the mid-range jumper, a little soft-ass floater he be doing. But they so small that I can see I can see them getting killed by, by Milwaukee, especially in the finals. That's my that's my finals prediction. Right now, I got Golden State versus Milwaukee. Golden State versus Milwaukee. I really think it's going to be Miami, but they don't got a star for me yet, so I think it's just going to be um, Golden State versus Milwaukee, and I think they're going to kill Golden State in the paint because that's that's Milwaukee's defense. They got, they got the paint on lock. They just make you shoot hella threes. Now, granted, Golden State is the team that shoot hella fucking threes, but these last couple games in the second round, Clay Thompson ain't been hitting shit. 
Steph Curry ain't been hitting shit. Jordan Poole ain't been hitting shit. They three-point percentage has been horrible in these first two games of the second round. So when I look at Golden State, I truly like Golden State a lot. But them niggas is so small, it scares the fuck out of me. And you got this whole Draymond Green shit going on right now. It's kind of a little he, – he, he walking the fine line right now. And I fuck with Draymond Green. I was just talking about earlier in his podcast. I fuck with Draymond Green. I, I listen to his podcast every motherfucking day. The Draymond Green show, I listen to that shit every fucking day. But he's walking the fine line with these flagrants with flicking off the crowd yesterday and, and leaving when he's going to get stitched up and shit. He getting fined like a motherfucker. I've seen this Draymond Green before. And that same Draymond Green got suspended in game five of the NBA Finals. He can't get suspended at no point in time in his playoffs because they're so small that I don't think they'll continue to beat Memphis Grizzlies on, on the boards like they are so far. That's damn near – it's sad to say for Memphis – that they getting beat on the boards like that, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I don't, I don't think that they can continue to play like this with Steph and Clay playing as, as inefficient as they is. Clay been looking like shirt ass these last two. Now I know the first game he had, the, you know, the big three at the end, you know, so he had the defensive play and shit like that, which was good. That masked a lot of his misses. When you go to game two, he was like five for twenty. Clay was like five for twenty. Travel on the on the crucial possession at the end towards the end of the game. He looking a little rusty. I truly don't think he liked this whole Jordan Poole shit. I, I truly don't think he liked this whole Jordan Poole shit. And I don't think it's more, I don't think it's more so a Jordan Poole thing. I think it's the, I think it's, it's it's all from the, the amount of disrespect that Clay been getting over the years. Because you gotta think when KD came to Golden State, Clay started, he started to his love. Started to go down a little bit. It, it became the Steph and KD shit, and then he wasn't he wasn't included on the top seventy five team, and then he was out for two motherfucking years, and then next thing you motherfucking know, when he do come back, you got Jordan fucking Poole. Like they joined up Jordan Poole is the first motherfucking primary option on the Golden State Warriors right now. Let me see this like comment right first. Said that's all valid points. Experience could be determining factor though. They the most experienced playoff championship in the playoffs. I mean that's true. That's true. But I, I do want to say this because I don't want I, I think people people are really been throwing this word experience out too fucking much, in my honest opinion, bro. Because when they won game one against Memphis, that's what everybody was saying. This is about experience. This is this is this is all about experience. The ghost they got the experience. Bro, that's bullshit. If Memphis would just grab the fucking rebound, <laughs> like think about that. The when Clay Thompson hit that shot. That was, a, that was a third try. Steph missed the three. Jordan Poole missed the three. And then they finally got the tip out. And then they inbound the play time. He hit the three. They ain't, they ain't got shit to do with experience, bro. They ain't got shit to do with experience. I, the, the, the way that these games, how close they is, the way these games, how close they is, is because Memphis do some stupid shit. Memphis, ain't, Memphis is playing like a young team. But Memphis would just grab the rebound in the first game. They would have won the game. In Memphis, you see what happened last night. John Rent can't be stopped. He ain't even going. To, he's the, he don't even go right. He's going left the whole time, and can't nobody on Golden State stop him. Experience ain't got nothing to do with that. Now, I do think that <clears throat> I do think experience plays a part in the playoffs, but I don't want people to keep thinking that that's gonna get them niggas over the top. What's gonna get them over the top is playing lockdown defense. And Jordan Poole, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson 
all being on at the same time, at least two or the three. It can't be, you know what I'm saying, Jordan Poole going crazy and Steph Curry having an okay game and Klay Thompson going five for 15. It can't be that because they're not big enough to contend with nobody else in the playoffs. Memphis is truly – Memphis led the league in rebound. It's really blowing everybody's mind how Golden State is out-rebounding them. Right now, Golden State is, is getting more points in the paint than Memphis. Like, nobody's seen that coming. And I think that's only happening because them niggas can't make no shots. So I think that can get them past Memphis. But taking that shit to go to Phoenix, that shit not going to work, bro. Like, that's not going to work. If, if, if Golden State keep playing like this, that's not going to work against Phoenix, bro. It just ain't. Because you got to think about all the wing defenders that Phoenix got. And you got to think about the size they got. Not just with DeAndre Aiden. They got DeAndre Aiden and JaVale motherfucking McGee. JaVale McGee is a big fucking body. JaVale McGee got three rings, bro. Like, so it, it just comes to a certain point in time to where Golden State got to actually start clicking. We need to see some of the Golden State we've seen against Denver. We all do that. That series was a little bit iffy any motherfucking way. But we got to start seeing that. You know what I'm saying? Um, who else we got? Man? Who else we got in that motherfucker? Uh, who else we got? Who else? Well, I'm missing somebody. I'm missing. Who else in the East? Who else in the motherfucking East? Oh, Miami versus um, who the fuck? Uh, uh 76ers. That ain't shit. <laughs> Miami gonna beat that motherfucking ass. I ain't, Miami already beating their ass, man. James Harden ain't got shit. What this comment said, you're gonna see a much better team on Saturday at home in San Francisco, guaranteed. You gotta give your take on Dylan Brooks. Uh, flavor too, but oh come on, man! You know that. that whew, I'm glad you brought that shit up, CL. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm glad you brought. I didn't drop my fucking headphones, both headphones this time. Fuck it. Good thing we almost over with this fucking pod, man. Hopefully, I don't sound too crazy for y'all right now. That Dylan Brooks shit. Well, first of all, I do believe that since those games are so close in Memphis, that it's gonna be some scary fucking scores in, in San Francisco. I think that once they get home, them threes gonna start falling. I do believe that. So I do believe you will see another a better Golden State team. And I do ho- hopefully, you know what I'm saying, the monthly shots start falling and role players start playing a lot better. I hate that Gary Payton the second got hurt off Dylan Brooks' flagrant foul. Every I've been I've been watching a lot of fucking, you know, talking heads on ESPN and Fox saying that what that that wasn't a, a, a dirty play intentionally. That's bullshit, fam. That was probably the dirtiest play I've seen in a long fucking time. That was, to me, that was more dirtier than when Zaza Patrulla did to Kawhi Leonard. And he did, and Zaza Patrulla did that shit on purpose. But to me, when you got a nigga running full speed ahead, finna dunk the ball, and you run to hawk him down from behind, and you don't even, he didn't even jump off the fucking ground. Dylan Brooks didn't even jump off the ground, my nigga. He literally just ran by and swiped at his fucking head, all fours, all fucking, all fucking bicep on the man's head while he was in the, in the midair. I honestly feel like Dylan Brooks should be suspended for at least one game. If not two, I'm not. I'm, if not two, because you that that man literally broke his elbow. He fractured his elbow, and he may be out for the playoffs. And he may not. You don't know how you're gonna recover from that. A broken elbow. You don't know how you're gonna recover from that shit. And I think that's his left arm too. And if I'm not mistaken, Gary Payton uh, the second is a left-handed player, so you don't know how he's gonna recover from that. That's somebody that was scratching the surface to try to make it in his league. Bouncing all around, going overseas, going to the G League, all that shit. And he finally found a niche, finally found a team that can use his services, and this is how he goes up. That's fucked up. And I truly believe – and I like Dylan, bro. I said all the time. 
I like Dylan Brooks when he played for Oregon. He was going against Alonzo and in, in, in college and shit like that. I knew he was going to be a good talent in the NBA. But that play specific, nah. I can't rock with that shit. That, that, was, that was a flagrant motherfucking foul. That, that, that was, when I say flagrant, I don't mean in flagrant one or two. That's a flagrant suspension worthy ass foul. I don't give a fuck. Comments say, bro, that's exactly what I said. He ain't even jump. So how you make a play on the ball? Shake my head all, all bad. Yep, left-handed out for three to five weeks. Man, look, three to five weeks is the fucking blessing. Because hope it, realistically, hold on, let me see. It's May. Nah, that's this season for real. Unless they go like if they were to go to the finals and go for a deep run, the finals type shit, he'd probably be back for like game five through seven. But he didn't make a play on the ball at all. That was a retaliation. Uh, that was a retaliation um, foul because the whole Draymond Green foul on Brandon Clark in, the, in, in game one, and everybody leading from at the end of game one leads to game two was talking about um, how how soft the league has been getting. And Dylan Brooks and them didn't want to feel pumped and shit like that. We all know what the fuck it is. Niggas that play ball, if you play at the wreck, you know what that is. That was a send a message type foul because that foul took place in the first three minutes of the game. I get not want to give up layups, but you can't sprint your ass full speed behind a nigga, not even jump for the ball. He, he was nowhere near hitting the ball. He didn't even get off the ground when he did that. So I honestly think he's gonna get suspended. Um, Draymond Green has been suspended for far less, has been has been kicked out of games for far less, obviously since looking at game one. I think Dylan Brooks should get the fuck up out of here. Honestly, at least for one game. Because shit like that can't be tolerated in this league. It can't be tolerated in marquee matchups on, on, on national TV and the playoffs. You can't allow that shit. I believe they said, um, I believe they said when Grayson Allen fouled. Alex Caruso earlier in the season on a similar type play. They suspended Grayson Allen once they found out that Alex Caruso broke his wrist. So you got to, man, so you got to do the same thing in this case as well because this man is hurt. You sent the man to the hospital doing some wild ass, uh, flagrant, over the top shit. He got to get suspended for at least one game, if not two, to be honest with you. Kiki Vernaway don't play that shit if he's still the one that's in charge. But let me say, I think that's it that we got on this month. We almost an hour and 45 minutes of this podcast. We talked about the Warriors, talked about the motherfucking Mavericks and the Suns, Memphis, oh, John Morant going crazy. John Morant is a very, very, very special talent. He, I'm talking about, he's a very, very special talent. When I first, when I came on this podcast weeks ago and I said, he reminds me of a very motherfucking athletic Tony Parker. And I know people don't understand that when I say that, but go back and watch young Tony Parker, how he was going to the lane, whirling dirge, all these layups and all that good shit. It's easy to say a nigga look like D-Rose. I don't, I don't see D-Rose when I see uh, uh, John Rand. I don't. I, I've always felt D-Rose was way too out of control. I feel like John Rand's way more in control than uh, Derrick Rose. Now, for his floater and shit like that is way better than D. Rose ever was. I feel like John Morant is better than D. Rose ever was. I truly feel like that. But I say a very athletic Tony Parker because the way he controls the offense, he's not just a passer. I mean, he's not just a scoring-ass nigga. He actually is running the offense as well. He gets to the paint at will. He spin move like a motherfucker, like Tony Parker. He float game like Tony Parker. He just way more athletic and he, he can jump over your fucking head with the shit. 
but he's a very, very special talent. Like, the only thing I'm, I'm nervous about with John Morant is how small he is and how often he hits the floor. Now, he could either have a, a Derrick Rose career, which we all would hate to see, or he could have an Allen Iverson type career. To where it's an, it's, it's, it's an extended, you know what I'm saying, lengthy career because he is built kind of like AI, to be honest. So he, it's, it's both sides. It's with the one and the other. He can't have both. He hits the ground at least seven times each quarter. He get up slow at least seven times a game. But he keep getting back up and keep going crazy. So I, he, he's a very special talent. I don't think that he can continue to put up damn near 50 points a game to beat the Golden State Warriors. I just don't see that happening. I felt the Golden State Warriors, they blew that game last night. The Memphis got lucky to win that game last night. But it is going to be interesting to see how, how that series goes because he is looking like the best player on, on, in that series. I'm not going to lie to you. Steph can't do shit with him. And, let, and until Steph go out there and perform how we all know he can perform, then at this moment in time, Ja Morant is the best player in that series. Like, he, he, he's, he's, he's unguardable. He don't even go right. Like, CL and everybody else has tapped into this podcast. You don't even got to go back and watch film. Next game, watch John Morant. He does not go right. If he does go right, he's passing the ball. John Morant only goes left. He only goes left. He only goes left. I've never seen him go right ever. And he can't be stopped. So it's going to be interesting to see what the fuck Golden State does. Because they do have championship pedigree and championship DNA when it comes to, you know, defensive scheme and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting to see what the fuck they do. Especially if Dylan Brooks get suspended and that's another shooter off the court. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of defense they run on John Morant because he does not go right. I'm surprised Draymond Green ain't picked up on that shit already. He does not go right, bro. He only goes left and finishes some crazy-ass layup every fucking time down the court. So it's going to be very interesting to motherfucking see. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, but I think that that's it, man. We can get the fuck up out of here, man. This episode's way longer than I thought it was going to be. I ain't going to lie to you. Um, we talked about victim bullying, Pinky versus the world, people, people body shaming Pinky. We got to stop that shit, yo. <laughs> uh, women don't want niggas with jobs no more. A man's scared of day, uh, women with baby daddies. Dave Chappelle being tackled on stage. Mike Tyson beating ass on the plane. Pete Davidson going crazy. Ray J speaking up. All types of shit, man. We talked about everything. Let me see what this comment said before we get the fuck up out of here. My boy say, saying, my boy said the same about job. Maybe having D Rose career, but his style of play, he a problem. Yeah, keep being great and doing great things, fam. Go and stay in the fire. <laughs> Real shit. I, I, I appreciate you, CL, man, for stopping by joining the Muffin Me live stream, bro. I truly motherfucking do, bro. You, hey, hit me up about coming on to that Muffin Me show, bro. I'm still interested. I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. Still hit me up. See what the fuck's going on with that, man. I'm always down to be a special guest on somebody's platform, but you already know I give it up. Um, but we're going to wrap it up like that, man. You already know we give it up, man. I want to say um, shout out to everybody you know, that's tapped in join this conversation. I truly appreciate everybody that's coming through and joining these live streams, man. I truly appreciate it, man. It's going to help build this platform even bigger than what it's already been going these last couple of weeks, these last couple of years, obviously. But these last couple of weeks, we've been taking another uh, another level 
we've been going up another level when it comes to these streams and downloads and also the, the engagement with the people, man. So I want to shout out everybody once again as we tapped and join these conversations, man. We 91 weeks into this shit on the grind at 100. So I truly appreciate all the motherfucking love and support, man. Y'all truly are the ones that's keeping me going. Y'all keeping me keeping my fucking mind sharp and focused on, on the fucking goals at hand. So I truly appreciate all y'all, man. Real motherfucking talk. Um, everybody tapped into the last week's episode, Queen of Grief for Lauren Denise. Keep motherfucking running numbers up. That's one of my favorite episodes so far. A lot of fucking free game for your head tops, man, about the many layers of grief. Um, but you know I give it up on this side, man. We finna get the fuck up out of here, man. We almost an hour and 50 minutes of this motherfucking episode. Another damn two-hour episode for you guys. Three weeks in a row, man. Who you know do it better? <laughs> Who you know do it better, man? Uh, but you know I give it up on this side, man. It's all love these ways. Never let them sidetrack you with the bullshit. Always keep the main thing the main motherfucking thing. Stay safe. Stay sharp. Stay sane. And how about y'all next week, man? We out this motherfucker, man. <laughs> Peace. <laughs> man, I'm so happy for Ray J. I'm so happy for Ray J. <laughs> he finally spoke up. Damn right, Ray J. Put them hoes in their place. <laughs> Put their hoes in their place, man. If I had one wish, <laughs> real motherfucking talk, man. <laughs> Shit, bro. That nigga Pete Davidson going crazy, man. I'm telling you. If I was him, bro, if I was Kanye West, my nigga, I'll be channeling my inner little jump. Niggas dead now. <laughs> you got to bite that nigga Kanye. Put the GDs in the door on that nigga, bro. <laughs> Fuck the bullshit, man. <laughs> Real talk, man. We'll be out this motherfucker, man. I'll let y'all next week, man. Peace.